Mic check. Mic check. Mic check. One, two, one, two. Mic check. One, two, one, two. We are back for another episode. Yes, indeed. Taste to consider podcast. Mm, dang, let me fix my let me fix my voice. <laughs> let me fix my voice. <clears throat> me, 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 me. Taste to consider podcast. We are back for another episode. Let's go. General, we got these niggas. Fucking cockroaches. Say stick and sit a podcast. Let's go. It makes me strong. It gives me the strength to bang out and make these songs. If I do it on a spot or if it takes me long, they can't stop me. Even if my brakes was on, I'm still. I'm always here, nobody's perfect Life ain't always fair I used to not give a fuck I ain't always care When it's too hot for the hammer You know the hawk is right Until you get to the car And you gotta get through the D Before you get to the R If I don't get you today Then I'ma get you tomorrow As soon as you come out your crib I'ma be right Where I'm supposed to be Close to you With the toes close to me And screw if it's the right or the wrong thing When you in the sight of that long thing You wish you had a strong Team. Uh, uh. Say sick and sit a podcast. <laughs> we back for another episode. Let's go. Whatever, homie, long as you feed me I pull a big joints out as long as the TV Or oh, I could play my part and just breathe easy, right? As soon as something happened to you Your niggas are bouncing, you thought they were scrapping with you Now you cleaning your cuts with peroxide And you wake up in the ER with the dock ride Putting tubes in you, and you can't even eat right They putting food in you, your body's getting colder Devil on your shoulder, and your mom's is in the room But you just wanna hold her Nothing but realness. That's why everybody in the world say sticking to the podcast. Y'all under me. So when it's over, if I ain't in the front, at least I'm gonna be. Let's go. Finish me off. If they don't get us both, you'll be sending me off. And please just do me this favor. Stick to our little plan and fuck the money. Just keep my little man. And show him his hope. Need gonna think he know how it's going, but show him the ropes. And if you bring him to the Gucci store, show him the loafs. Hood niggas, I'm just showing you growth, but I'm still right. You know kiss, don't gotta aim his gun at you to be focused And if you broke now, nigga, when you see those chips Watch how many people come out of nowhere and try to be The answer's plenty, cause when you handling business, you can't be friendly And if you trying to stack something, can't be pennies Most likely, Grants and Benjis, and you better keep them Say sick and sit up podcast We back for another episode, let's go Say, sick and sit a podcast. 
Yes. Say sick and sit a podcast. Taste to consider podcast. We are back for another episode. Yes, I took a week off. It wasn't a planned week off. Uh, I had to get my laptop fixed. Uh, Mercury retrograde. <laughs> Red is ugly head. I had to get my laptop fixed. Um, so you know, um, I use my laptop for editing purposes. So I just said, let me just take the week off. So I'm back for another episode a couple of days late because usually I record on the weekends. It is Monday. It's Monday right now. So, you know, I'm just a couple of days late. But I'm here. I'm here for another episode. This is episode 103. I I think it's 103. Let me make sure. Let me make sure. I got to make sure. Uh, Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Is it 103 or 104? I'll be forgetting. Uh, uh, it's one episode 104. That's why I had to make sure. I had to make sure because, yeah, I wasn't sure. <laughs> episode 104. Taste to Consider Podcast. We are back for another episode. Yes, indeed. Let me officially introduce the show before I forget because y'all know I be forgetting and I hear about it all the time. Shout out to the to all the listeners. Shout out to the Spotify listeners. Shout out to the Apple Podcast listeners. Shout out to the Amazon listeners. Damn, that was burp number one. <laughs> Shout out to the Amazon listeners. Shout out to the Google Play listeners. Stitcher is no longer in effect. Stitcher is gone. Shout out to the YouTube watchers. Shout out to all the new subscribers for the YouTube, as well as all the uh, streaming services. Um, shout out to everybody who has uh, watched the episode four of Taste Reviews Drink Edition on YouTube. Um, I pregame. I actually pregame to the actual Japanese whiskey that I reviewed on that episode episode four of taste reviews drink edition so make sure you check that out if you haven't already checked it out and make sure you download subscribe uh like share all that good stuff and you can also donate to the show all donations to the show will actually be going to the show particularly to the taste reviews drink edition because i don't want to spend all my money on them <laughs> on them bottles every other week <laughs> but yeah uh taste reviews drink drink edition um episode four is out right now episode five will be coming this week as i am speaking right now is already being worked on as well as the next episode of a taste to consider podcast episode 105 i already have that episode done pretty much i just gotta put it down on paper i like to write um my outlines on paper before i actually record shows so 
episode 105 is already done so this episode won't be too long i hope it won't be too long but it's monday and i will be recording this weekend 100 and episode 105 so you know it's going to be coming to you quick fast and in a gif so let me officially introduce the show a taste to consider podcast let's go It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver, and I'm back. Back for another episode. Yes, we're back for another episode of Taste to Consider Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver, and we are still in September. We're still on that 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 Lord that line of summer and fall, you know what I'm saying? But what I gotta say, what I gotta say is September is take a man on a date month so shout out to all the ladies who already knew that and have already you know what i'm saying uh fulfilled their obligations but for the ladies right now that's listening that haven't fulfilled their obligations september is take your man on a date month and fellas if you're hearing this and your lady ain't took you on a date yet fuck that shit let her know let her know september is take your man on a date month (laughs) so yeah september is take your man on a date month yeah let's get it let's get it in so we the this might be this this right here might be you know i'm saying some deal breakers some red flags and some relationships so yeah september is take a man on a date month September is also Suicide Prevention Month. So you can call or text or chat 988 and you will have uh, mental health resources, mental health um, information. Um, that Call, text, or chat 988, 988. September is Suicide Prevention Month. So make sure you keep that in mind. Make sure you share all that information, you know. So let's get into the show. Like I said, you know, I'm a I'm a week and a couple of days behind, but, you know, I'm here. I'm here. I had a good little pregame session on a Monday. Um, so I'll just attribute it this. I don't normally do this on a Monday, so I'll just attribute it this to the podcast as well as Monday Night Football. Two games tonight on Monday Night Football, so I'm sure the first game is already about to start. I should have started the podcast a little bit earlier, the recording a little bit earlier, but, you know, I'm here now. But, yeah, September not only is uh, Suicide Prevention Month, as well as Take a Man on a Date Month. And just speaking from, you know, the point of view of a black man on both ends of of those spectrums, of those announcements, you know, um, it was a post I came across and, you know, uh, it says, quote, people don't realize how often men are experiencing a lack of intimacy and the only place they can experience that intimacy is through sex. And that quote was from Trevor Noah. I've said I've 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 
emphasized that plenty of times on this podcast, um, even before I knew that Trevor Noah had that quote out there. But so just taking into account, you know, um, black males, they have like the highest rate of suicides among anybody, period. Um, and just the fact that it is, you know, take a man on a date month. So just keep that in mind. You know, um, I've talked about plenty of times uh, about how, you know, it's very difficult for us to express ourselves um, in that space, in that intimacy space. And how one of the ways that we only know how to do it is physically. And it would feel, you know what I'm saying, it would go a long way for men, particularly black men, to feel appreciated, you know, this month with it being take a man on a date month and stuff like that. You know, just to show your appreciation, you know, just um, give them some some form of satisfaction, you know, appreciation, something different that they aren't used to because it's always a situation where, you know, the man always has to plan dates. He has to be intent. These key words, you know what I'm saying? These cliche words, intentional about, you know, um, being in a relationship or dating and all that other stuff. But, you know, it, it can't always be one sided. And one of the things that, you know, I've noticed a lot just being on social media and a lot of these like relationship experts and stuff like that. Um, one of the key things that they talk about a lot uh, when it comes to relationships slash partnerships and how um, women always wonder why men don't follow through on things or don't, you know what I'm saying, show that quote-unquote intention or put that quote-unquote pressure you know what i'm saying on on them is because there is no reciprocation and f- me being a man particularly a black man that is something that is true like if a woman isn't being reciprocal in her intentions and with anything when it comes to being in a relationship or a partnership or dating period then 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 uh, a a guy that is um secure in himself that understands his his self-worth and un, you know what I'm saying quote unquote loves himself then he is not going to put that quote unquote pressure or intention into a woman that isn't you know what I'm saying reciprocating so that is something that women, a lot of women, some women don't understand. You know, um, I don't want to say all women. A lot of times I'll be editing the podcast and I'll be listening back and stuff like that. I'll be like, damn, you know what I'm saying? I hope that, you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> when I put these clips on social media and stuff like that, that women don't be thinking that I'm talking about all women, but I got to be careful in a lot of the 
ways I say things and stuff like that. So a lot of women, some women, but not all women aren't reciprocal when it comes to these type of things. Like one of the things that I've noticed over a lot of the years that, you know what I'm saying, I've been on this earth is that you can definitely tell when a woman is interested in you. If she spends money on you, if she does things that, you know, um, she does things for you that you don't necessarily ask her to do for you, then there is an interest there. That is, that is reciprocation. Um, although you have to be careful at times and understand and be recognize that, you know, sometimes, you know, that can be an issue on her part where she's a people pleaser or she feels as though that she has to prove and do like do the quote unquote the most to, you know, what I'm saying prove herself or keep you around and, and stuff like that. So it is definitely not like that's why I always be talking about like there's definitely not no situation where we got to stop focusing on the black and white of situations the gray area is much bigger than the black and white of a situation but that all comes down to the individual and how they process that information and how they react to it but yeah there there is little simple things that you can take and look at you know okay she's interested in me she's for real really interested in me and you know what i'm saying she's showing genuine interest in me uh it's definitely some reciprocation going on and you know that's what men want as well society has convinced a lot of people particularly women that you know uh Men are only solely supposed to be the providers and protectors and be the the people who the person who is the is intentional or putting the pressure in the situation. But that's not true. You know what I'm saying? It goes both ways. Um it's two people in a relationship, it's two people in a partnership. So both people have to you know what I'm saying, put in the same effort, you know, it may not balance itself out the same way in every moment, but you know what I'm saying, you will be able to recognize it just based off of your dealings with a person. But that is not a guarantee. <laughs> I can't believe I'm sitting here talking about because this ain't even what the episode is about. This episode, like, when I put this episode together, it definitely wasn't about no relationship shit. <laughs> well, romantic relationship stuff. But I'm sitting here talking about romantic relationship stuff. So I'm gonna just I'm just going to cut and end this shit right now. <laughs> and I'm going to get to the actual, the actual, um... outline of this episode so started off september is take a man on a date month as well as 
Suicide Prevention Month. So, I got a clip. Um, you know, I try to highlight uh, therapists, you know what I'm saying? You know, I focus a lot on this podcast about uh, mental health stuff. So, and I, I try to make it a point to highlight, you know what I'm saying, uh, black women therapists when they speak good on <laughs> black men's mental health struggles and stuff like that because it's so many black therapists out there that is doing the opposite. So let me pull that clip up. Uh, let me pull that clip up. Where is it at? Y'all know I'll be having like a hundred different tabs open for each and every episode. So here we go. Here, here go the clip right here. So just just bear with me so I can cue this up. Dr. Martin here. Women have a higher likelihood of being diagnosed with depression, but please do not misunderstand that for the actual prevalence of depression in men, especially black men. Inappropriate assessments are one of the main reasons why depression is often missed in black men. There are numerous gender differences in emotional expression. And when it comes to the mental health of black men, adultification, dehumanization, oppression, and racism impact the way that black men acknowledge and express their emotions overall. Also, men have a higher likelihood of exhibiting a freeze response to stress. Now, freezing can, can mean physically not moving, mentally drawing a blank, or having a slower thought process. And it also refers to numbing behaviors, which are behaviors that allow you to disengage or withdraw from the world. These activities include things like excessive substance use, video game use, TV watching, social media, media use, and like risky behaviors. Black men, I want you to realize that you deserve to solely be focused on when it comes to your mental health and well-being. Also, everyone deserves therapy. It is not meant to be seen as a sign of weakness, a threat against you or your humanity, or a sign that something is wrong with you. It is because of your humanity that you deserve a space where you can be empowered, learn new skills, and collaborate with someone to become the best version of yourself. Some great mental health resources that prioritize Black men are Black Men Heal, Express Yourself Black Men, Alchemy Health, and Therapy for Black Men. Yeah, so that's that's a clip that I had for a while, and um, I forgot that I even had it. So I was like, let me just go ahead and play it for this episode, you know, particularly because, you know, September is Take a Man on a Date Month. So I want the fellas to focus on the fact that they deserve good things. We deserve good things. Is is You know what I'm saying? Um, I talked about plenty of times before, and I always say that each and every episode <laughs> about you know the struggles that I've had with depression and anxiety and stuff and how um that affected my self-worth and the things that I felt as though that I deserved and stuff like that but fellas you deserve good things you don't deserve to always be stressed you don't always deserve to be to feel as though that you got to provide you got to solve every issue and problem for everybody and stuff like that you deserve to have the same things that is blasted on social media all day long the self-care stuff you deserve that we deserve that as well the massages you know the superficial stuff i ain't gonna say the superficial the external things the massages the the dates the pampering 
the 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 flowers, all that stuff, as well as the internal things, as she said, you the therapy, you know what I'm saying, meditation, um, all that good stuff, you know what I'm saying, all the things that entail internal and external positive self-healing spaces you deserve all of that you know what i'm saying all of that stuff and one of the things that i've learned you know just on my journey um you know going to therapy and the self-healing and all that other stuff that these actually opening yourself to these these spaces and these um these groups these people and you know what i'm saying yoga meditation therapy um group events all that type of stuff that opens you up to understand that there's uh, like opportunities out there there's a different world out there you know that it just opens you up to feel as though that you matter more than just what we have been told that we supposed to be doing 24 7 that is working our ass off coming home repeating it over and over again and you know what i'm saying that's just it we deserve the same things that everybody else deserves <laughs> because you don't hear this stuff when it comes to white men asian men and all this other stuff black men we just always got to be working our ass off trying to figure out a way and even in our own quote-unquote community and culture we ain't we aren't necessarily appreciated we gotta make a certain amount of money to be looked at as a, a high value man or we gotta make sure we make this certain amount of money so we ain't broke and we ain't shit and all this other stuff and our quote-unquote community our quote-unquote culture focuses more on the materialistic stuff and the external stuff to the point where if we aren't working towards that we aren't we don't have it already or we ain't getting more of it then we ain't shit so fellas don't let that discourage you you're more than that external crap keep you know what i'm saying encouraging yourself and encouraging other uh man and don't listen to that dumb ass shit on social media <laughs> oh man so moving along uh where i'm at right now so i don't know if everybody else seen this or i'm sure they have by now because like i had this episode ready like a week beforehand but I didn't record because, you know, I had to get my laptop fixed. So I can't. So the the trailer for the movie, The Book of Clarence, came out. And that movie is going to be. Um, let me let me pull it up so I can read the exact synopsis of it. Uh, the Book of Clarence, The Book of Clarence. So, um, it says, a down-on-his-luck man embarks on a misguided attempt to capitalize on the rise of celebrity 
and the influence of the Messiah of his own personal gain. And the star of this movie is Lakeith Stanfield. So what I found most interesting about this trailer was the fact that they, <laughs> the fact that, and this is the first thing I noticed off of that trailer was the fact that they blurred out Jesus. They blurred out Jesus's face in the trailer. And that's how it's going to be in the movie. So they blurred out the face of Jesus, right? And the reason why that was the first thing that I noticed was the fact that Lakeith Stanfield is Clarence. He's, his character is Clarence in the movie. And he is supposedly going to be mimicking or cosplaying or trying to be like Jesus Christ, another Messiah, with all of the quote-unquote tricks and miracles and stuff like that. And the reason why I thought it was very interesting that they blurred out Jesus Christ's face is because they didn't want to necessarily say that, oh, Jesus Christ is white, what we are used to. But they definitely didn't want to say that Jesus Christ is black. So what I also noticed was the fact that because they didn't want to show Jesus Christ's face in the movie was the fact that Clarence is being played by Lakeith Stansfield is a black man that they wanted to show him being a scammer a con man imitating Christ, Jesus Christ. So we always have these, we've always had these images of Jesus Christ being white. Anytime there's been any deviation from Jesus Christ being white has always been a adjective or some sort of pronoun added to that of being black Jesus, a black Messiah. We've had plenty of movies, books, and stuff that have been put, been displayed and portrayed as Jesus Christ being different than a white man with an adjective or pronoun attached to it of it being black Jesus, black Messiah, such and such. So, everybody was all hyped about this movie. You know what I'm saying? Black people, black culture and stuff being hyped about this movie. I'm going to see it and I'm going to see it and all this other stuff. Oh, it's produced by Jay-Z. It's produced by Jay-Z. But it is following a narrative of the same shit. Just because they not showing Jesus as white and they not showing him as black, they blurred his face out. So they are basically trying to be trying to toggle the line, trying to be as politically correct as they can in this situation. But also in the midst of that, 
they are still demonizing a black person as being evil or bad or wrong or negative in the situation where they are trying to imitate or cosplay or con people and them thinking that a black man can be the Messiah or the Christ. That's what I have a problem with, with this situation. I have a big problem with that. <laughs> and I don't and I don't think a lot of people understand that, which I get, because a lot of people don't want to see beyond popularity. They don't want to see beyond um what they've all always known to be true. I mean, a lot of black families have grown up seeing white Jesus sitting on their wall in their house. A lot of black people are so indoctrinated in feeling and understanding that black is bad and white is right that they could never pull themselves to understand or believe that Christ, even though it says in the Bible, what it says in the Bible, <laughs> that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is something other than a white man with blue eyes Long blonde hair. <laughs> Anytime we've had any type of movies, books, or anything like that where Jesus Christ has been referenced as something other than a white man, there's always been an adjective or a pronoun attached to it. You think about the, uh, the movie about um, Fred Hampton. That came out, which Lakeith Stanfield was in, where it was black, the black Messiah and Judas. I believe that was the, let me make sure, you know what I'm saying? I like to have right information. Um, let me make sure. Uh, yeah, the name of the movie. The Fred Hampton movie was Judas and the Black Messiah. And even when they reference, you know what I'm saying, even when there's been references to Jesus outside of him being a, a white person, there's always been black Jesus. Even me being a, a Tupac fan, Tupac have made has made a couple of songs. He made a couple of songs where he's referenced Jesus being black. And he would call it, he would call him Black Jesus. A lot of people have called Tupac Black Jesus. <laughs> so it's never a situation where people actually believe that Jesus could be something other than white because we're so programmed and indoctrinated in believing that white people are better than us 
that there is no possible way that Jesus could be black. And this is comes down to all of the programming over the years and what has been passed down through generations from our great grandparents, grandparents, our parents, such and such, such, where we seen a white, blue-eyed Jesus on the wall next to John Kennedy and Martin Luther King. <laughs> so that's the problem that I have with um, this movie coming out, The Book of Clarence. Um, I'm not saying that I'm not going to uh, watch it. I'm I'm still going to see it because I'm still going to want to see the actual angle of everything. But I do think it's sus- very suspect that, for one, Jay-Z is the producer of it. And then they're using a black man to be a con man playing the Messiah. But then they blurred out the actual Messiah, the actual Jesus Christ. They ain't trying to show that he's white. They not trying to show he's black. But they want to focus on in this movie that a black man is being the con man, trying to be a messiah. So then that's more programming right there, suggesting, implying, insinuating that a black man can never be a messiah other than him trying to play a messiah be a calm man as a messiah moving on so i had the uh, opportunity to finally watch uh the documentary on uh max hbo max but max um bsi i actually watched it twice no, I actually watched it three times. I actually watched it three times. <laughs> um, and if you haven't watched it yet, watch it. Watch it. I definitely suggest that you watch it. So you can see a real con man. <laughs> the dude who was the head of basically the star of this documentary um he created a i don't even know how to describe it so let me just go to like the um the synopsis on the internet because i don't even know how to describe this (laughs) i really don't it says uh bishop Sycamore Centurions find themselves playing a nationally televised football game on ESPN in 2021. However, questions after the game revealed that Bishop Sycamore isn't a real school at all. And the dude who was the quote-unquote coach of that football team was a, a, a true definition of a con man. True definition of a con man. He's the type of dude... After watching that documentary, um, like, he's the type of dude that needs to be smacked. Like, not punched, 
but smacked open hand. Like you take your open hand and you 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 stretch it as wide as you can. Your five fingers, you stretch it as wide as you can and you smack him across his face. Almost to the point where you want to get your hand as wet as possible so it's a wet slap. So you can slap the shit out his ass. <laughs> because this this documentary pissed me off. Like I said, I watched it three times. This documentary pissed me off. This dude, I don't even remember his name, and I don't even want to say his name, but this dude was the was the ultimate con man, black dude, black dude, and he conned these kids, and he conned some of these parents out of dreams, hopes, money, all of that, and what I found interesting was like it that. It was a lot of people who felt the same way that I felt. But then there was other people who were thoroughly entertained by it. And that's that's one of the things that pissed me off. Because that further showed how effed up our quote-unquote community and our quote-unquote culture is. That we, we, get, we get a kick out of shit like this. We really get a kick out of shit like this and people like this. Like these degenerates, excuse me, burp number four, five. I ain't count the other ones. Burp number six. Yeah, so our quote-unquote culture, our quote-unquote community, we celebrate dumbass bullshit, this degenerate shit like this. These people who just are just at the lowest like the bottom of the bottom is people we celebrate this stuff we get entertained about this stuff we push this stuff because it makes us i don't i don't know what it makes us feel because i'm not on that page it 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 pisses me off the like sexy reds the glorillas the ice spices the this nigga on this documentary like some of these people that's in the spotlight right now, this shit pisses me off. Like, but people celebrate it. And they'll try to make you feel like you ain't shit if you ain't on the same page or you're a hater or something. And this is why, like, I, I, I don't have too much hope for <laughs> any type of progression or evolution when it comes to our community and culture. <laughs> But the documentary is BS High on Max, the Max app, HBO, formerly HBO Max app. So even though it, it's it's some bullshit, like it's it's some degenerate shit. Like I like if I seen this dude on the street, I will I will walk up to him and I will confront him. And if he say the wrong thing, I will probably smack the shit out his face. But yeah watch the documentary watch the documentary so all right let's move along (laughs) let's move along of having sold out 
And I find this actually quite interesting because I've actually given this a great deal of thought. Black marriage rates were significantly higher before the civil rights movement compared to after. Children were more likely to grow up in a two-parent household before the civil rights movement as opposed to after. Black men were more entrepreneurial and more self-reliant before the civil rights movement as opposed to after. And so for me, when I look at my own life and I look at my own values, they are more indicative of the average Southern black man prior to the civil rights movement. And so I haven't sold out. I've kept in continuation with my father, with my great grandfathers and my great great grandfathers. I'm a continuation of that. I've maintained that culture. If anyone has sold out, it's you all. It's That's black right. culture. Y'all sold out the entrepreneurial spirit, the family unit. Y'all sold out of that in pursuit of what? The entertainment industry's version of what black culture is. If voting is any kind of measure of yeah. where a person stands in terms of how they identify, the fact that 90 plus percent of black folks vote for Democrats, the party that basically reinforces everything the entertainment industry says black culture is, if anyone has sold out, it's those who insist upon the modern entertainment culture that you now call black culture. I'm not the one who sold out, sir. You are. That clip is deep as hell. So deep that I'm going to play it again. Like, I feel like I got to play it again. <laughs> I got to play this clip again because, like, what he's basically saying is that this quote-unquote black community, this quote-unquote black culture, all the shit that I've been saying for the past couple of years on this podcast is that we're selling ourselves out, we're selling ourselves short because we're only solely focused on this, this representation of what our culture is, this black culture, this black excellence, black girls rock, all this other bullshit. It, it's, it's at the lowest point of degeneracy that you can get. And it's only focused on the entertainment aspect of things entertainment being the the foundation of what our quote-unquote culture is supposed to be when we've come from inventors, scientists, doctors, um, all types of great people, even the people who you would think is the lowest of the lowest being sharecroppers and slaves and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? These are people who have have worked hard work to death work to raw knuckles bones and and all that other stuff stuff that we couldn't even imagine but we are solely focused on our culture being black excellence when it comes to just entertainment bullshit this shit is sad and then we only we're getting caught up into a political party um, catering to that quote-unquote culture, the entertainment culture being our culture and being satisfied with that shit, just being satisfied with symbolism and all that other stuff. But I'm going to play that clip again. I'm playing this clip again. I've <laughs> been accused of having sold out. And I find this actually quite interesting because I've actually given this a great deal of thought. Black marriage rates were significantly higher before the civil rights movement compared to after. Children were more likely to grow up in a two-parent household before the civil rights movement as opposed to after. Black men. We are so we are so dumb and 
it's just what it is what it is. I don't care if you don't like what I'm saying. We're so dumb that the women in our quote-unquote community and culture have the highest divorce rate out of all the women in the world or in the country. And we think that is something that is supposed to be applauded. We think that because um, all majority of the black men in our community are have no college degrees or they incarcerated, have high felony rates and stuff like that. That's something that's supposed to be applauded. We we are so in competition with ourselves that we're actually losing a race. We are so indoctrinated and programmed to think that we're supposed to be competing amongst ourselves while the other communities are working together and we and, and this shit is like right in front of our face where do we go the most we go to carryouts um we go to these little small little convenience stores a lot and stuff those, those liquor stores and stuff like that that's what's pr- primarily in our communities right who run these these stores hispanics asians white people and we giving them all of our money and these are all uh establishments that are pretty much bad for us or that we we don't have no we're so caught up into into um giving our money to that there's no type of balance or anything like that and this just ain't this and I'm not just talking about black women. I'm talking about black men as well. Like, I'm never, this podcast is never just one-sided. Never one-sided. I'm going to call a spade a spade. But you got the black women doing what they're doing. You got the black men doing what they're doing. And then we just fighting amongst each other, but still just tearing ourselves down. Just straight tearing ourselves down. Now I gotta play the clip again because I lost the <laughs> lost the the time period that I was at, the timestamp that I was at. Been accused of having sold out. And I find this actually quite interesting because I've actually given this a great deal of thought. Black marriage rates were significantly higher before the civil rights movement compared to after. Children were more likely to grow up in a two-parent household before the civil rights movement as opposed to after. Black men were more entrepreneurial and more self-reliant before the civil rights movement as opposed to after. And so for me, when I look at my own life and I look at my own values. Because we all caught up into following behind entertainment, black entertainment. We think black entertainment is black excellence. You don't think that it is a coincidence that all these award shows and 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 all this other stuff, all these camp these quote unquote campaigns and these ad advertisements and stuff around black excellence and black girls rock is only centered around celebrities or celebrity culture. Like the shit be like right in front of our face, but we are so dumb. We are so dumb and we so programmed and indoctrinated and to the point where we don't want to see anything outside of that. And if somebody tries to tell us that, 
then we're a hater or we're a loser or whatever, whatever, whatever. But it's always somebody fighting back or against that. And this ain't nothing new. Like, I played plenty of clips of Malcolm talking about how, why is it every time that a black leader is put out in front, it's always a black celebrity. But you don't see that in any other communities. No other communities at all. Like, we're being played right in front of our face, but we're so caught up into our programs, our indoctrination, and look and, and so much of an competition and, and, and a fight but amongst each other that we don't want to hear anything else and we're not never going to move forward. They're more indicative of the average Southern black man prior to the civil rights movement. And so I haven't sold out. I've kept in continuation with my father, with my great grandfathers and my great great grandfather. I've talked about plenty of times on this podcast. That's probably what I should have named the podcast. I'm going to talk plenty of times. Well, I said plenty of times, but seriously, I've talked about plenty of times on how after the civil rights movement, the tide changed. Like that's when the welfare stuff started happening. That's when black women started having the incentive or the feeling or the desire to kick black men out of the house, that black men wasn't important and stuff like that because the government basically was their man at that point. The government was their provider and protective protector that's what the government that's what the government's goal was to become their provider and protector you have to just pay attention to like little things like after the civil rights movement and stuff was over now the government wants to care about care about you and your family why is that they done killed off malcolm and martin they was basically in the process of killing off the Black Panthers. And now they want to take care of you. They want to take care of the women and the, the children. Not the black men, just the women and children. How is that? Maybe I'm just too smart for my own good. Because I would have seen that as a clear sign. I'm like, hmm. So they killed the men off. Now the government want to step in and now they care about us. They didn't care about us before. From night from the the nineteen sixties and a little bit in the nineteen seventies, all going all the way back to the eighteen hundreds after slavery, during slavery, they don't give a fuck about us. We got to fight, scrape, and pull for everything that we got. But now they care about us. Hmm. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm a continuation of that. I've maintained that culture. If anyone has sold out, it's you all. It's That's black right. culture. Y'all sold out the entrepreneurial spirit. You see, he said, y'all sold out. Black culture has sold out. And that's why I always say, every time I say it, the so-called 
black community, the so-called black culture, because that ain't that's not our true culture. Why is it if that was our culture, why is it advertised so much? Why does it have to be pushed so much? That's like a man sitting around here saying, I'm an alpha male, I'm an alpha male, I'm an alpha male. Y'all truly know a person who got to tell everybody who they are, that they don't even believe that themselves, that that's not even true. The family unit, y'all sold out of that in pursuit of what? The entertainment industry's version of what black culture is. If voting is any kind of measure, of where a person stands in terms of how they identify. The fact that 90 plus percent of black folks vote for Democrats, the party that basically reinforces everything the entertainment industry says black culture is. If anyone has sold out, it's those who insist upon the modern entertainment culture that you now call black culture. I'm not the one who sold out, sir. You are. This is the 50th birthday or anniversary of hip hop. Kamala Harris just had a party at her house um, for it. She ain't done nothing for us. Biden ain't done nothing for us, but they having a party for hip-hop. Anytime you see Democrats running for election and pushing things, whether it's, it's uh, federal, state, or whatever, who are they always bringing out? Celebrities. Celebrities. You don't never see none of the actual political advocates out there, the people who are actually putting boots to ground. You just see celebrities, niggas that don't know nothing. They sitting here making movies and music and, and, and on social media. When are they ever talking about politics? So why are, these the peop- why are these the people who are being pushed out in front of us? Why? Speaking of celebrities, um, Diddy, um, Earn Your Leisure had their, um, I forgot the name of their, um, their event, but they had their event um, in Atlanta, um, and Diddy spoke. He was on one of the panels, and he was uh he said uh we have nobody's coming to save black people. We have a one point eight trillion dollar buying power and only two percent of that we circulate in our community. All that is cool and cute and all that other stuff. We've heard that plenty of times before. At least I've heard it plenty of times before. So I'm gonna play the clip and I give my thoughts. We have to come to the reality that nobody is coming to save us. No one is coming to save us. What I always find interesting about these 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 moments and stuff like that, it'd be black people in the crowd, like even at church events and stuff like that. It'd be black people in the crowd. We all be applauding and all that other stuff. And then we just go. We just leave the event, we leave the church service and all that other stuff and go back to doing the same bullshit that we've been doing. We we some bullshitters. We some bullshitters. We like hearing good things. 
we like hearing things that's popular from popular people. But we ain't going to do nothing after that. We ain't going to do shit after that. But know why we ain't going to do nothing after that? Because the people that we listening to that's telling us this shit is doing the same things that we doing after we leave the event. They doing the same shit. These niggas, they come into this event, Diddy, all these pastors, preachers, speakers, and all that other stuff. They come to get, they come to get a fix, just like we getting a fix. They come to get a fix from, from us, from hearing all the cheers and all that other stuff. They, 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 they coming to get that love. You know what I'm saying? They coming to get that dopamine fix. And what we doing is we getting that dopamine fix from them by being in the same room as them. By saying, oh, oh, yeah, we was at the event. We taking our videos and our pictures and stuff, posting it on social media and making our little cute captions and all that other stuff. And then we'll move along doing the same shit that we've been doing. We some bullshitters. We, we, we some bullshitters. Out of all the business revenue in America, only 1% goes to black businesses. But then there's an accountability from us because we have a $1.8 trillion buying power and only 2% of that we circulate in our own communities. So How does he know that? He was sitting on that panel at this event. Why is nobody challenging him? And this is why I talk about with debating and facts and giving right information and stuff like that. I don't know if this information is right or wrong. But I, one thing I do know is that our quote-unquote community has a large spending habit. <laughs> spending habit. You can call it a buying power, but I call it a spending habit. But nobody ever challenges these people because they don't want to get blackballed. They don't want to look like they're a hater or, or or whatever. I don't know. Some negative shit. Some negative shit that the collective is always going to label a person who goes against the, the, the collective. We can't complain. We know what it is. It's time to change the tone. We have to unify our dollars, else nothing will change. I think our dollars have always been unified. It's been unified in the wrong shit. And Diddy has been one of the people who has pushed it in the wrong shit. He has always been in the, the limelight of uh, the material aspect of shiny suits and bling bling and error and all that other stuff like that like i those that are errors that i've come from like i remember in the mid late 90s early 2000s mid 2000s and stuff like that with diddy was the highlight of that era with the shiny suits the bling bling errors and the money cars money hoes and clothes and all that so this is ironic that it's coming from him with this situation that's why i'd be like like a lot of people are so charismatic these celebrities and stuff so charismatic in these situations that they will pull you in so they can get what they need to feel good about themselves make you feel good about yourselves because you in the same room with them but then nothing is really accomplished after that it's just talk it's bullshit 
It's con man shit. Con man shit. We have to weaponize the almighty black dollar to save us. Because we can't have these festivals and conventions, but then we leave here and we don't understand the power of our $1.8 trillion spending power that we only give 2% to ourselves. So I'm here to speak from love. I'm love. Self-love is making <laughs> sure that you take care of yourself. Diddy just had an album come out. So I feel like all of this shit is just promotion for his album. He's talking about love and all this other stuff. He ain't once in this little speech that he had give out any type of solutions for us bringing our money together. The type of power that he has, the type of celebrity that he has, there's no foundation. He ain't say put your money in this black bank. He ain't say put your money in this black business. Okay, so what we going to do is I'm Diddy right now, so I'm going to start this this business or I'm going I'm going to get this this uh this uh building together. We going to come together and you know what I'm saying? This is going to be the 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 precipice, the epicenter of our new foundation of us putting our money together. We're going to do this and do that. We're going to start this foundation. We're going to start this, this nonprofit organization. Nothing. He's talking about love now. And mentioned self-love. And what I say about self-love a couple of episodes ago, how self-love is actually effing up the black community. Self-love is actually messing up the black community because it's putting people in a position where they think that they need to solely look out for themselves. Self-love is cool. Self-love is cool when it's actually in when it's actually an attention on it. You loving yourself in order for you to love everybody else better, but not just for you to just love yourself. And then that's just it, because that's what the black that's what our quote unquote black culture is really about these days your family and your people first and you can't wait for nobody to come save you so there there is a solution but what's things, the solution are definitely dismal as far what's as what's the solution for us but there's a way out if we unify but we got to truly truly unify how are we going to unify truly, truly start making decisions that support our communities we can't think that there's a government grant that's going to come and remember this is the man who was the the head of Vote or Die a few years ago. A few years ago, back in the day when MTV was still popping. Vote or Die. Vote or Die. Vote or Die. And what came from that? Nothing. And, and, and just free. These, so are, camp these are campaigns. These are campaigns. These are um, advertisements for their own good. It is to pull our collective energy together and direct it towards their means. What they want to see accomplished. Not what's best for us, but what they want to get accomplished. Energy is real. And a lot of these people in these, these hot, excuse me, burp seven, eight, nine. A lot of these people in these positions, these these celebrity positions, these power positions, political positions, they understand energy. 
They understand energy. They understand the astrology and all that other stuff. We may think that all oh, that shit is funny and all that other stuff that it ain't real or whatever. But they follow this shit because they understand the the true meaning of all of this. And they using our energy to get what they want accomplished and leaving us dry. And then they'll just pull from our energy later on when they need something else. Working together and changing the tone. That's all he said. Where was the solutions? Nowhere. 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 There was no solutions at all. Where was the solutions? He didn't say shit. He said the same shit that we've heard for years and years and years. We need to pull ourselves together. We need to unify all this other stuff, but ain't give no fucking solutions. Nothing. Just pull out, just pull our energy in. And when he's talking about black dollars and stuff like that, yeah, we like I said, we have a spending, we we have a spending problem. We definitely have a lot of money to spend. But Where's the value in that? Where's the value in that? You can't really say that because we spend $1.8 trillion that we got power and, and all that other stuff. No, we ain't got no power because what we're spending our actual money on has no value. It, it doesn't appreciate value. All the things that our quote-unquote black community and the black culture we spend our money on doesn't appreciate value. We spend it on money. We, we spend it on cars, clothes, jewelry. And the jewelry that we do spend it on, we effort up that it doesn't appreciate value because we want to bling it out and all that other stuff. We don't spend it on no type of real estate. We don't spend it on any type of art. We don't spend it on any type of land. We don't put it in no type of, um, we don't put it into the stock market. We don't put it into no IRAs, no Roth accounts. We We don't do no 401ks. We don't pass it down. No. We want everything to be out in the open to make it seem as though that we're wealthy. But it's not appreciate any value. We spent everything on unproductive shit. Like, just think about the movie Baby Boy. When Ving Rhames was talking to Jody and um, Omar Gooden. And he was talking about guns and butter. Guns and butter. Guns and butter. If you don't remember, go back and look at that clip. It's so many of us out here, we ain't got no trades. We always chasing the quick, fast dollars and anything like that. We not investing in anything that, you know what I'm saying, has any type of value that, you know, if the world was to collapse today, then what could we do? Nothing. We don't know how to farm. We don't know how to grow our own food. We don't know how to make a damn fire. We don't know how to build a, a house. We don't know how to do shit. 
Like nothing that we putting our money to is like providing any type of improvement or evolving us in any type of way. Like our purchasing power, the money that we have in our community has no value to it because the things that we're spending it on doesn't appreciate value. Remember in like the early 2000s when platinum this, platinum that was all in the rap songs and stuff like that. You don't even hear shit about platinum no more. That shit, it, it all went back to gold. Gold has always been like the standard of things. Gold has always held its value. But because platinum just came out of nowhere and it was all in the rap songs and all that other stuff, all the rappers and all the people who was trying to emulate rappers and stuff like that was trying to spend all their money on platinum this and platinum that. Platinum don't mean shit no more. It went right back to gold because gold always has held its value. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? That just shows you right there that things get popularized, polarized and stuff like that. And then it just falls to shit. <sighs> yeah, it was a um, a clip on social media. Where now the the big thing is Bama's being the club and they be battling on who spending the most money on bottles and they ain't even drinking it. They pouring that shit on the floor. And let me pull up the clip that I got. I actually got on it. <sighs> let me see. Where that clip at? Cause it's just it's just crazy. Like I I thought when I first saw the clip on I saw it on Twitter. I was like oh I was like I was just looking at it like okay it's just something that Bama's just did for the moment. But it's like a real thing. It's like a real thing where Bama's go to the club and they'll compete in their little sections on who can spend the most money on bottles and they just pouring that shit on the floor. And if you know anything about going to the club. And how much it costs to buy a bottle of alcohol. The bottle of alcohol in the club is like three, four times, three or four, five times as much as it is in the actual liquor store. Like a bottle, a, a $40 bottle costs like $400 <laughs> in the club. <laughs> Crazy shit. So confused. <laughs> I'm just confused. The only folks to be celebrating in this video is the owner of this club and the supplier of the alcohol because they're getting absolutely PAID paid. This is just ridiculous. Like literally, just just take your wallet and burn it up. Just light a match. <laughs> I mean, folks are laughing at us, not with us. And then falling on the sidewalk, rolling down the road all the way to the bank. We're spending money we don't have at places that don't matter <laughs> to impress people we don't know <laughs> about things that won't last. And this alcohol, obviously, 
will not and did not last. But the receipts will last forever. And you guys tonight just bought somebody a Ferrari or a down payment on their new rental home. Like, I'm not saying don't have fun. I I'm saying, understand the game here. It's, it's money. And a lot of these bottle services and that you're paying for when you go to these clubs, you're paying, you know, $1,000, $500 for a bottle of champagne, wine, whatever that costs 50 bucks, 75 bucks, right? And the club with the, the little VIP hookup where you're going to, don't go there during the day. You'd be disgusted by what you see. It, look, things have value because you give value to it. Exactly. Give value to a home ownership. Exactly. Like put a down payment on a house. Like <laughs> give value to building your, building your life. You determine what is value in your life. But because we're, we're so dumb, we're so, so much of a follower that we let somebody else determine what is actual value to us. Uh, in a way that is transformational. This stuff is transactional and will mm. not last. <laughs> and while you're laughing at it, it's laughing back at you. Something to think about. Go to Operation Hope. Change your life. Let's make smart sexy again. We've dumbed down and celebrated it. And now it's time to make smart sexy again. This, start, this stuff here, I'm convinced. This is the past. It's on the way out. I'm not talking about anybody here. They're products of their environment. Whatever they're role modeling, we model what we see. Let's get. And what we're modeling is this quote unquote culture, this quote unquote celebrity culture. And the person who's speaking is John Hope Bryan. I played plenty of clips of him before on the podcast. He's an actual millionaire, black millionaire. He's an entrepreneur, founder, and CEO of Operation Hope um, and a few other um, companies and stuff like that. And it's just ridiculous. Like, he was speaking on the actual video he was speaking on was Bama's in the club bottle service just pouring the bottles on the floor they wasn't even drinking it multiple bottles hennessy um what's the hell the name of that damn uh tequila with the uh with the, the nice looking bottle the white and blue but i forgot the name of it because i ain't buying i ain't paying for that shit um but it's just i it's crazy man i've never as many as much as i have ventured into the club life in my 20s i ain't never do no bottle service or no VIP and all that other stuff. That shit is stupid. I'd be damned if I'm paying $500 for a bottle that I can pay $30 for at the liquor store and I could drink before I go to the club. Like, my focus is what I'm trying to bring value to is the house that I'm already in, that I got a mortgage on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, that's, that's, the, that's, that's what I'm putting my money into, you know. But... Ah, oh, man, we're so, <laughs> we're so lost, man, God <laughs> damn, oh my goodness, all right, where I'm at, where I'm at, where I'm at, oh my, man, <laughs> shit, <sighs> all right, where I'm at, where I'm at, all right, I'm gonna play this, this, this next clip I'm gonna play is from a, um, it's from a civil rights attorney. I don't I'm not sure where what event she was speaking at, but when I heard when I heard the uh the clip and when I watched the clip or whatever, I thought that the clip was very good, the things that she had to say was very good. 
And I believe what she's mainly speaking on was, you know, um, the juice, the juice and our autonomy and our um, our personal decisions as human beings and making decisions for ourselves and stuff like that. But I'm gonna let you hear the clip. But I just thought it was a good clip. So I'm just I was like, I got to play it on the pod. I got to play it on the pod. So here we go. We the people is how the Constitution starts. A magistrate is a person that operates under authority. They have power. There are higher magistrates and there are lesser magistrates. The founding fathers of this country understood that there's going to come a point in time where the federal government will need to be checked. If not, they will become tyrants. And that is what's happening now. So, the Declaration of Independence says that everyone, by virtue of being a human being, has the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The federal government, too, the federal government, their purpose is to protect the rights of those citizens, the rights of us to our life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. The third point of that document is if they fail to protect its citizens and enforce those rights, the citizens have a right to revolt. attorney uh trisha s Lindsay, and i played the clip because like i'm just tired of the fact that we just go along with what everything we're being told by these officials what's being pushed through these celebrities doing from these uh, officials, <clears throat> these government officials, from these uh, corporations and stuff like that. And 
we just go along with it. We go along with it. We don't ask no questions. You know, um, we being conned. We being conned by multiple people on multiple levels. And we just running with it. These agendas, these narratives. Um, and we 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 dimming our own power, our own light, our own rights. Because I don't know, because that's what we're used to, because we're scared, because we just don't believe in ourselves. I mean, I I, I don't know what the the right answer is, but I know that it's wrong. I definitely know that it's wrong. Um, we sit here and call ourselves religious people you know it's a lot of people out that call themselves religious people christians and they gone to worship all their life and all this other stuff but they don't believe but they're not really showing that they believe in what is the ultimate lesson in that religion i mean i don't i don't know i I mean i'm just i probably spent too much time trying to figure it out when i already know the answer that it just is what it is <laughs> but i i know everybody is not going to have the same thought process as me or have the same fight and fire in their belly as me but i know damn well i'm not going to let nobody use me abuse me and I just am not a follower. I just don't want to be a follower. I just, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to fight back. It's okay to, I don't know. (laughs) But I'm just, yeah. I just got to point these things out. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying to, I don't know. (laughs) I just got to keep speaking on it and, Maybe, you know, maybe I'm not supposed to know, um, but this is something that's always been in me and I can't, I can't let it go. I can't, you know, I've tried to let it go, but you know what I'm saying? I just keep, it just keeps, this is just me. I'm a fighter and I don't believe in following. I don't believe in not asking questions. I don't believe in not, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, okay. Where am I at? All right. So, um, an interesting clip that I came across um, from a guy. His name is Tim, Tim Gurner. T-I-M-G-U-R-N-E-R. Founder and CEO of Gurner Group. Um. He's a property developer, CEO of the Gurner Group. And this is a quote from the clip that I'm about to play. Quote, we need to see unemployment rise. Unemployment has jumped to 40, 50 percent in my view. We need to see pain in the economy. We need to remind people that they work for the employer, not the other way around. 
So, let me pull the clip up, and we'll move forward. <laughs> Here we go. I think the problem that we've had is that we've, you know, we, we have, people decided they didn't really want to work so much anymore through COVID, and that has had a massive issue on productivity. You know, tradies have definitely pulled back on productivity. You know, they, they have been paid, paid a lot to do not too much in the last few years, and we need to see that change. We need to see unemployment rise. Unemployment has to jump 40, 50%, in my view. We need to see pain in the economy. We need to remind people that they work for the employer, not the other way around. I mean, there is a, there's been a systematic change where employees feel the employer is extremely lucky to have them, um, as opposed to the other way around. So it's a dynamic that has to change. We've got to kill that attitude, and that has to come through hurting the economy, which is what the whole global, you know, the, the world is trying to do. The governments around the world are trying to increase unemployment to get that to some sort of normality. And we're seeing it. I think every employer now is seeing it. I mean, there is definitely massive layoffs going off. People might not be talking about it, but people are definitely laying people off and we're starting to see less arrogance in the employment market. And that has to continue because <laughs> that will cascade across the cost balance. And these are the people. I think the problem that we've... These are the people that are in power. These are the people, like, we think that these government officials are the top of the top. No, these government officials, federal government, state government, all that other stuff are just pawns for the people like this CEO who are the ones that's really in power because they got the money, they push the agendas, they push these campaigns, they get these politicians and stuff elected. Now you see where their head is at. You see all the stuff that went on during the pan the the pandemic and how they are almost discouraged. You see all the small businesses and stuff that collapsed and failed during the pandemic and stuff like that and, and all the big businesses that rose during it. Amazon, all that other stuff. That wasn't no coincidence. They know what they are doing. So these are the minds of the people who are really in power. So I'm going to play the clip again. That is that we've and they're saying this out in the open. Because they know that majority of the public, majority of the common folk aren't going to fight back. Yeah, we, we have people decided they didn't really want to work so much anymore through COVID. And that has had a massive issue on productivity. You know, tradies have definitely pulled back on productivity. You know, they, they have been paid, paid a lot to do not too much in the last few years. And we need to see that change. We need to see unemployment rise. Unemployment has to jump 40, 50%, in my view. We need to see pain in the economy. We need to remind people that they work for the employer, not the other way around. I mean, there is a, there's been a systematic change where employees feel the employer is extremely lucky to have them, um, as opposed to the other way around. So. It's a dynamic that has to change. We've got to kill that attitude and that has to come through hurting the economy, which is what the whole global, you know, the, the world is trying to do. The governments around the world are trying to increase unemployment to get that to some sort of normality. And we're seeing it. I think every employer now is seeing it. I mean, there is definitely massive layoffs going off. People might not be talking about it, but people are definitely 
laying people off and we're starting to see less arrogance in the employment market and that has to continue. <laughs> he said arrogance. <laughs> Us employ employees got the arrogance. <laughs> Us employees got the arrogance. Because that will cascade across the cost balance. <laughs> <laughs> Who really has the arrogance? But hey, you know, what do I what do I know? What do I know? So I'm gonna play this this next clip. Um, but that I mean, that's just to show you how these people think. Like, but like, yeah. Next clip. <laughs> Somebody that leaked Google salaries, and it's giving racism and possible cover up. Now, before we get into it, you already know that the Googlies make more money than the average worker in the United States. But even in that tax bracket, Black, Indigenous, and Hispanic folks are still making less than white people doing the same job. Are we surprised though? Let's roll the tape. Black staff at Google tend to make $20,000 less in base salary than their white coworkers with 147,000 going to black workers and 170,000 going to white folks. And it's not just base salary. White folks got about $40,000 more in equity and 6,000 more in bonuses in 2022. The leak also showed that women were averaging less than men in every single role except direct sales. Direct sales. Okay, now follow me. In 2019, Google told us that their own study, which they purport to do annually, uncovered that men were being paid less than women doing similar work and proceeded to give the fellas a pay raise. Same article, the New York Times reported that Google denied paying women less, but the leak says otherwise. And it got me curious, were any of the men who got a raise in 2019 in direct sales? Because in most cases, a direct sales job earned a base salary and performance commission. So does that mean y'all were giving raises to men who were being outperformed by women using, dare I say, a patriarchal application of affirmative action and calling it equity? <laughs> I am done. It's across the board, like the disparities of black and white and these companies playing games with us um you know um playing us against each other uh and you you see who's really in charge um you know is all this Unemployment talk recently has been coming out about, you know, Biden talking about some, you know, he's bringing the economy back and all this other stuff. And um, but really. They're Biden ain't been bringing no new jobs back. He's just been the jobs that were eliminated during the pandemic have just been coming back. So he ain't been bringing new jobs back just when the world has just been opening back up so the jobs that were eliminated are just starting to come back but you know they going to take responsibility for it and then they know the majority of the people aren't going to do any type of research and look things up or actually look at the bills that's being passed and all the legislation and stuff like that so they just going to look at it as a win because most people just focused on whose side they on as opposed to what is actually being done on behalf of them and the interest of their community. So. There are many whites who are trying to solve the problem. 
but you never see them going under the label of liberals. That, that white person that you see calling himself a liberal is the most dangerous thing in the entire Western Hemisphere. He's the most deceitful. He's like a fox. And a fox is, almost, is always more dangerous in the forest than the wolf. You can see the wolf coming. You know what he's up to. But the fox will fool you. He comes at you with his mouth shaped in such a way that even though you see his teeth, you think he's smiling. You take him for a friend. That was Malcolm X. I played this clip before, but I got to play it again. Because, I mean, it's just like... We just continue to keep trusting the Democrats, the liberals. We just keep continuing to trust them. And it's like... A lot of black people, like, ask yourself, a, a lot of y'all black people out there, I'm not a, I'm not a registered Democrat or a registered Republican. I'm a registered independent. And for a long time, I was a registered Democrat. I believe that I should be a Democrat because that's what all black people were. Black pe All black people were Democrats. And my parents were a Democrat and all that other stuff. You know, so I thought as though that because I'm black, I should be a Democrat. But then I started to learn and see a lot of the bullshit starting from Clinton, Obama and all of them and and seeing the stuff, you know, when Bush's was in office and stuff like that. I'm like, none of these niggas really give a fuck about us. And I started getting some more of the teachings of, you know, Malcolm and Martin, when Martin, the political Martin that is not displayed to the um the public you know that i have a dream martin is displayed more to the public as opposed to the political martin the rat the quote-unquote radical martin and i was like why am i a democrat i definitely don't want to be a republican but why am i a democrat so i was like i need to register and change my my affiliation to independent because when it comes down to it Democrats ain't doing shit for us. They're not doing shit for me. So I need to be independent so I can choose on behalf of me and my community's interests. But a lot of black people need to ask themselves, why are you a Democrat? Why are you a Democrat? Really ask yourself why you are a Democrat. Are you a Democrat because it's popular to be a Democrat because you're black? You're a Democrat because the black celebrities are telling you to be a Democrat? You're a Democrat because your mama and daddy was a Democrat? You're a Democrat because your grandma, your auntie and all them was a Democrat? Why are you really a Democrat? If voting and elections and all that other stuff is important as we say it is is important particularly how as much as black people want to make it important why are you voting the way that you're voting why are you aff affiliated with the party that you're affiliated with ask yourself these questions like, I know a lot of people won't do it because they just going to get in their feelings, their pride, their ego, and they just, because somebody's challenging them, that they ain't going to do nothing. But for the ones who actually are above that negative shit, 
why are you a Democrat? Why are you a Democrat? Like, ask yourself, why are you a Democrat? <laughs> like, is it because you've been programmed to be a Democrat? You indoctrinated to be a Democrat by your family, your parents, other black people, celebrity? Like, why are you a Democrat? Ask yourself that. Please ask yourself that. Why are you truly a Democrat? Ask yourself that. <laughs> but moving along. Um, y'all boy Zelensky is supposed to visit the nation's capital um, in a few days or a week or so um, and speak to Congress, you know, about um, $21 billion in new aid. I'm like, bruh, all this money that our government is giving you that our taxes uh is is being pushed out for y'all still fighting this war y'all ain't won this war yet as much money that we have been giving y'all y'all still fighting this war i mean like what's going on like dude like come on now like seriously what what is going on <laughs> i don't get it I don't get it. Like y'all got to show me something. Like what more do y'all? What more do y'all need to win this war? Let me know. But yeah, you know, you got Biden out here talking about job creation, and I mean Biden just all over the place. I mean it's just it's just it boggles my mind that our quote unquote community is still standing behind this bullshit when he just out here saying all types of crazy things. We see all this 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 weird behavior from 80-year-old man. Like the fact that we sitting here all these years going along with these old ass people in this Congress in these government positions, presidential, congressional, all that other stuff, these old-ass people who are uh, just old as hell, going blank. Like, we ain't never been around an old person before. We ain't never had grandparents or great-grandparents before, and we seen them just not have all their faculties together, all their mental capacity and all that other stuff. And we just, we just think that these are the people who are supposed to be running the country. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I mean, I used to be there. I used to be there when I was young and dumb. But nah, bruh, come on. We still allowing this stuff to happen. It just it just it just, just doesn't make sense at all. But we so caught up into, you know what I'm saying, our black culture, our celebrity, you know, the Megan Tory trial, Beyonce's new concert, um, I don't know, the 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 latest thing, um, uh, Meg was twerking, been twerking all over the internet, and everybody's so excited, you know. I just, uh, I don't know, Nicki Minaj and Cardi B beefing. So that's that's the that's the next thing. Uh, Tayana Taylor and Iman Shumpert separated. Jeannie Ma and uh, young uh, Jeezy is uh, filing for divorce. Uh, so that's the most important thing that we care about, you know. I mean. It it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. So, 
The White House to send letter urging news outlets to, quote, ramp up scrutiny, end quote, of Biden impeachment inquiry. So if you haven't been paying attention, um, some members in Congress have been um, trying to put in place a impeachment of President Biden. And, you know, so here we go. It's probably one of amounts anything i mean we've seen this 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 uh script before with uh shoot uh clinton and all the stuff he did clinton was impeached and still was in office i mean i don't get it i don't know what's going on i don't i don't get it so moving along indeed is now offering transgender employees ten thousand dollars to help relocate to safer states it says Indeed, the job search and recruitment company is offering $10,000 to transgender employees or immediate family members if they need to move to escape laws restricting trans health care. The company officially began its program in July after employees expressed concern over anti-LGBTQ plus legislation in Texas and Florida, but is only now making the information public, according to Bloomberg. It's already helped at least one worker, Sam Berger, a senior content creator who moved from Texas to Colorado not long after Indeed announced the initiative. Quote, as soon as I found out that I was getting the money, it was very much like a weight lifted, end quote, Berger told Bloomberg. What I found interesting about this whole article, this whole statement and was the fact that black people been getting their ass beat, hung, raped, sodomized. I don't don't know how many other words that you want to put towards violence against black people. But they ain't never been offered any type of money to move to much more friendlier cities or states in this country. No. And I'll leave it at that. So moving along, lastly, Los Angeles judge sentenced that 70s show actor Danny Matherson to 30 years to life in prison for rapes of two women. If you weren't on Twitter, you wouldn't know nothing about this because they damn sure weren't talking about it on Instagram. I ain't see it on Facebook either, and I don't even be on Facebook like that. I don't, I don't be on Facebook like that. I be on Instagram a lot, but I ain't see it on Instagram. I definitely saw it on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. But when Jonathan Majors had his incident that hasn't been, you know, settled yet and all these this conflicting information is coming coming out um, that's contradictory to the allegations that's been placed upon him, that was big time news. But this white dude from the 70s show raped two women. You ain't heard nothing about it. Just blew through the wind. Yep. Blew through the wind. You ain't hear nothing about it. So, he's sentenced to 30 years to life for his rape of two women. 
his friends. Co-stars from the 70s show. Aston Kutcher, Mila Kunis. Got into a little bit of trouble. Because they were affiliated with him. And played a part to a degree in this case. They both wrote support letters during his sentencing hearing. To talk about his exceptional quote, his quote, 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 exceptional character, end quote. They highlighted it in their letters, their letters during the sentencing hearings. We are aware of by the character letters. We are aware of the pain that has been caused by the character letters that we wrote on behalf of Danny Masterson. We support victims. We have done this historically through our work and will continue to do so in the future. A couple months ago, Danny's family reached out to us and they asked us to write character letters to represent the person that we knew for 25 years so that the judge could take that into full consideration relative to the sentencing. The letters were not written to question the legitimacy of the judicial system or the validity of the jury's ruling. They were intended for the judge to read um, and not to undermine the testimony of the victims or re-traumatize them in any way. We would never want to do that. And we're sorry if that has taken place. Our heart goes out to every single person who's ever been a victim of sexual assault, sexual abuse. So that was their apology. It definitely looked and felt as though it was scripted. (laughs) But, hey, they're actors, so they knew what to do to get through that situation. (laughs) Um. They ended up, because of the backlash, they ended up having to resign from their anti-child sex abuse organization because of those letters. The apology didn't work. Yes. <laughs> Ashton Kutcher had to resign as chairman of the board um, of that organization that he co-founded in 2009. And there's always been, like, stuff out there about how celebrities, you know, are dabble into child molestation and rape and stuff like that. And that's always been in the industry. We've heard plenty of stories about it with certain celebrities, uh, you know, musicians, actors and stuff like that. It seems like a theme for in that in that in that world. You know, that that community, that world that, you know, this is the type of things that they do. Um, and we have so many examples of it, but we seem to always just support and romanticize these people in their lives and make it our goals and and, you know, follow behind them and stuff like that, you know. These are con people. These are con men. Con men, con women. Like, we just, 
Yeah, I don't know what to say anymore. You know, it's just <laughs> it's just is it is what it is? Is it sad? I don't know. Because some people will listen to me, listen to this episode and just think that like, oh, he's hating. Uh he don't know what he's talking about, uh whatever, I don't know. They get triggered by something that I say that relates to them or something that they've did or thought. And they lose all focus on really the truth or the matter, the matters at hand or the, you know, the matter of fact of the things that I say. And yeah, but that's the world we live in. We live in a world of 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 con men and con women. You know, those are things that we celebrate, the celebrities. So, yeah. I was going to talk about that that whole situation with the brick lady, the brick gate. But, yeah, I'll leave it here. Because it is Monday, and I still got to edit this episode and put it out there. And I will be coming right back with an episode this weekend. Um, So, yeah, I didn't want to have this episode too long. I hope that I was only going to have it for an hour and... 30 minutes but i i went a little over so you know it's a taste to consider podcast i'm your host Derek silver catch me on spotify google play amazon music youtube link is in the bio subscribe like and share um taste to consider network on instagram um yeah do your thing you know support your boy I'll talk to y'all in a couple of days, in a few days. You know, it's the beginning of the week. I'll talk to y'all in a few days. Make sure you check out uh, Taste Reviews, Drink Edition. Episode 4 is already out now. Um, Episode 5 will be out later this week. I haven't really been on Instagram like that. I just haven't had any desire to be on Instagram. So I haven't been really promoting the shows, the past shows that I've recorded, um, the Episode four of Taste Reviews, I haven't really been advertising it as well as the last podcast that I recorded. Just haven't had a desire to be on uh, social media like that. I've been on Twitter a little bit, particularly um, (laughs) yesterday when the uh, Redskins, the Commanders, won their football game. But, yeah, um, I'll talk to y'all soon. Yeah. It's very um weird episode recording it on a Monday. <laughs> but I appreciate you all the support. Um I'll talk to y'all later. I'm out.